Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to show number 268 from Engage for Success. Uh, I'm Jo Moffitt. I'm host for today's show, um, and I'm really looking forward to the next half hour. I think it's going to be really fun and really insightful and hopefully uh, provoke uh, some ideas and some suggestions from you, uh, our listeners, because today I'm joined by uh, Sean Fording and Kat Barnard, who've both been working very hard on a program called One Change as part of uh, follow-up activities to engage for success in um, annual conference earlier this year. Uh, so they're going to be telling us all about the pro- program and the project and what they've been doing and sharing some of the uh, some of the fabulous findings that they've uh, created so far. So welcome to the show, Kat. Welcome to the show, Sean. Hi. Hello. Good, good to have you both with us. Um, so um, before we get started, perhaps I could just ask you, um, first of all, start with, uh, start with you, Charlotte, a little bit of information uh, for our listeners about yourself, because I think you've been involved with engagement. Yeah, um, I, I've recently completed an 18-month secondment uh, with Engage for Success uh, from uh-huh. Welsh Government. So... Um, that that was obviously really, you know, great. And um, I've continued now to be involved as a volunteer because I really, I've really enjoyed what I've been doing. Um, and during my secondment, uh, one of my projects was to uh, set up and establish a kind of virtual content team. So that kind of meant recruiting um, and bringing together a really great bunch of new volunteers to work on different content projects, uh, helping mm-hmm. obviously to spread the about employee engagement um, and with that team we launched some really great items on the website from NUSO. Um, we did a quiz, we did some curated articles and we did some uh, great interviews with kind of our task force and some other influential people and um, just to pre-introduce Kat, that's kind of where she comes in as she was, she is and was one of our kind of most active volunteers um, and has been really really keen to help um, us promoting engage for success um via new content ideas okay great so so a little bit of a plug there for you kat so tell us a little bit about your professional background if you would um so i have i had worked since the early 90s in staffing and recruitment and then a couple of years ago i flipped i say flipped i i transitioned to focus exclusively on the future of work. Um, Uh I have a deep interest in um, business psychology and how people communicate and behave in the workplace. And I was on the cusp of signing up to do a master's in business psychology and I'd gone to a seminar, found um, that the seminar was talking about how workplaces are gonna transform in the future and just had a, a, a light bulb moment of exactly how much change is coming down stream. And for me, keeping workers cohesive and engaged, whether whatever their employment status, keeping teams of people engaged and on the same page is going to be absolutely critical um, 
to keep workplaces functioning through rapid mm-hmm. change. So mm-hmm. I came I came across Engage for Success because I was writing an article about engagement, came across the web page, then signed up for the newsletter, then noticed that Sean was recruiting this history. Righty ho, and we're going to hear a little bit more about one of the, the key, one of the key things that you you've been involved in. So, so Sean, how many people are there involved in the virtual content team? Um, from any one time, there's around kind of ten to twelve people. So, mm-hmm. some people um, have got more time, so they're a bit more active, and some people kind of dip in and out. So, it's been a really good project actually, and we've we've actually got some really nice things um, on the Engage for Success website out of it. So. You know, if anyone wanted to look at those, you can just go on the website and search for the virtual content team. And also, if anyone wants to get involved still, um, I'm always looking yeah. for new volunteers. Always looking. Well, that's a, that's a standard cry across the gauge for success, isn't it? We're always looking for new volunteers. I mean, certainly from my perspective, one of the highlights of the virtual content team was that fabulous quiz that you created. It was about a year ago now, I think, wasn't it, where we, were, we did a sort of one of those online self quizzes to sort of get a sense as to what sort of manager are you yeah that was fantastic that was um a really another really active volunteer oliver blackwell um and he did a lot of work on that for us so yeah that is one of my favorite things that we've made apart from this project obviously apart from this one (laughs) and this one has really got legs which we which we'll come on to um, in a moment so yeah uh, let's let's get straight into that then so this is the One Change project. Um, tell us a little bit, Sean, if you would, about how this project came about. Well, um, earlier in the year, we were, me and the virtual content team, were thinking of different ways that we could promote uh, the Engage for Success conference. Um, mm-hmm. And Kat and I had quite a few conversations about that. And Kat actually wrote a few articles before the conference, kind of promoting what it was going to be about, because there's a lot to do with the future of work. Um, and in addition to that, and as part of our kind of content strategy, we also wanted to capture content and uh, information from the speakers on the day. Um, so, you know, we had a few conversations about that. Um, and the day was, you know, we had some amazing speakers, but it was a jam-packed kind of back-to-back schedule. Um, so Kat and I kind of thought, is it going to be, a, are we going to be able to get content on the day? And instead we kind of thought actually what can we do after the after the actual day um and actually i'll just i'll hand it over to kat to explain a bit more about how it came about lovely Thanks. okay kat. Um, yeah so so i think i think we realized gosh the day was absolutely crammed to the you know stuff to the gunnels with great uh-huh. great content and speakers and so on uh-huh. um and we both, you know, we both, as I'm sure most people, if not all people that attended, came away just absolutely buzzing, head full of ideas. And um, we were both really keen to keep the momentum going post-conference. So we had the idea that we would reach out to the keynote speakers and ask whether they would um, they would engage with us for an interview and mm-hmm. um, so I got busy with that. The first person that I actually spoke to live was Matthew Taylor from the RSA. Right, and, okay. And it was really funny because he, his, his PA, his assistant, had um, scheduled a very short slot of time. And I was thinking, oh, I don't know how I'm going to stuff everything in. And 
and I got into the conversation with him and he flipped it completely and, and pretty much said, look, everyone's really bored with written content. You know, nobody's got the time, the bandwidth, the attention, etc. Why don't you create really short video clips and ask your keynote speakers to present one change that they would make? Um, and I'll be honest, I was there thinking, oh, can't possibly steal your idea, but that is one of the best ideas that I, you know, that I've heard in, in Yonks. And so I went back to Sean. And I did actually say to Matthew, are you sure? And he said, yes, of course. I'm back to Sean and said, what about this? And um, that's where it all came from, really. It was, uh, you know, I'd love to take credit for it myself, but actually I have to give credit to Matthew Taylor in the spirit of openness and collaboration. <laughs> so it wasn't just his idea to, um, to say, let's do a piece to camera, uh, because, people, you know, because it's something different, more engaging than, than re written content. It was his idea to actually do a ask that question, a very defined question, what one change would you make? Yeah, um, mm. God, that's a really interesting point, Joe. Uh, yeah, I think we kind yeah. of came across that together during the course of the, of the, of the conversation. It was certainly his, right. you know, certainly his idea was do a piece to camera because we are living in an age where people, are, you know, time press and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, suffering a real sort of deficit of attention, so make it short, quirky, and snappy, and um, oh. and that was it. That was that was where the the idea really kind of conceptual conceptualised. Right. So you could argue then there's a real sense of collaboration between you, Sean, engaged with success, Matthew Taylor at the RSA that uh, that culminated in this project. Let's 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 call it that, shall we? It was creativity in motion, Joe. Uh, <laughs> lovely. Okay. Well, without any further ado, let's 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 kick off. Um, I mean, we will be hearing um, from Matthew Taylor a, a, a little bit later on. We've got his clip, um, but I think it's only right that we start with our own David McLeod, don't you? Um, so he was yeah, uh, obviously at the at the conference in March and um, and hosted some of the panel discussions as well. Um, but let's kick off with David and hear what he's got to say in his what one change would he make? Well, let's start with the issue. The issue is that we've tried over so many years to professionalise management, and that's been interpreted as doing everything through the numbers, smart objectives. KPIs, Gantt charts or everything, and of course all those things are very important. But by concentrating on it exclusively, there's been an unintended consequence. We've squeezed out that emotional commitment which is absolutely central to building thriving, strong, sustainable businesses. So what I would do is I would ban the term human resources, uh, and I'd certainly ban the underlying attitude of human resources and get back to thinking of people as people, as human beings with emotions, with the need to nurture, to give decent sense of well-being, because in so doing, we'll tap in to people's commitment uh, to their energy and we'll take our businesses forward and we'll cope with the challenges our country faces in much better spirit, much better form, with much greater success. Wow. Ban the term human resources. Ban the attitude that people are simply a resource. 
and start putting them back as people at the heart of our decision making and at the heart of our businesses. Powerful stuff, eh? Oh, do you know, I absolutely love that. Even listening to it again, I've listened to it you know, on a number of occasions. And I just think if ever there was a time to start thinking beyond the Excel spreadsheet, this is it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's a, it's a really powerful one to kick our, kick our montage off with. Um, do we have any, um, any preferences as to where we go next? We've got a lovely collection of about <laughs> another half a dozen uh, to listen to at the moment. So where, where do we go next from your point of view, Sean? Who should we have? Um, I think let's, um, let's listen to Dame Carol Black, because I think that's a really uh, interesting clip as well. Okay, Dame Carol Black from um, Newnham College, Cambridge, isn't she? Yes, I believe. Right, yeah. Got her title right there. Let's hear what she's got to say. I would make is to increase manager capability because when you're in the workplace the thing that really adds to your well-being and your lack of stress and anxiety is if you have a good supervisor or a good manager but why do we think that they will naturally be capable of managing people so what I would do is ensure they have suitable training that they acquire the capability to look after people and build teams. Lovely. If we're going to if we're going to put people at the heart and not simply consider them as resources, and we're picking up on on David's point, then clearly the role of line managers, team leaders, and supervisors is, is absolutely crucial, isn't it? And uh, and and she's quite right. There's, there's no there's no natural sense that people are automatically good people managers. I think that's right. And I would also throw into the mix that the day of the nine box grid, the means by which organizations measure their talent is is done, it's dusted. We need to foster and encourage strong communication and rapport right across all layers of our, our businesses. And if people don't have the skills right now, to to be competent in that area, then we have to embrace learning and, and enable everybody to be their best selves in the workplace. Mm, mm, absolutely. I mean, I think, it, you know, I know it's a, it's a bit of a cliche to say it, but very often people are promoted to people manager roles on the strength of their professional skill set, their ability to sell more than anyone else. You know, they're good salespeople, so they get to be sales managers. Um, they're yeah, managing definitely. the sales, they're managing the sales process, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're the best people to actually manage and lead the team, does it? No, and I, you know, and I do feel that we, you know, certainly in the middle management echelons, we promote people, as you say, Joe, because they've done a good job or through lengths of service, but we oh. promote we promote people and then just leave them there, leave them to get on, and you know when people are out of their depth and and don't feel competent then it impacts on their behavior and you know then you get into a vicious circle i think yeah or you can absolutely. get into a vicious circle you, so, yeah. you know it's a tricky one yeah okay so come on then cat who are we going with next i'm going to do this okay let's do mix back it up a bit. let's go with francis goss 
no. Francis, okay, okie dokie, righty ho. So Francis um, was talking about um, financial well-being, wasn't he? That was his that yeah. was his sort of pitch on the day at the conference. But uh, let's hear what he's got to say then about what one change would he make. Okay, so one change I would make to improve employee engagement in the workplace uh, would be to ensure that all employees have access to clear, simple education and support to help them to make good decisions about their personal finances. Research by the CIPD has found that one in five employees have lost sleep worrying about money. Financial stress and worry has a really big impact on employee well-being and engagement. Uh, strategic narrative, engaging managers, employee voice, integrity, they're excellent foundations for employee engagement, but it's hard for employees to be truly engaged with work if they're weighed down by money worries. Let's face it, most employees struggle to understand the complexities of finances, and when it comes to topics like pensions, many just switch off because of confusing language such as DB, DC, annuity and drawdown. So, the one change I would make to improve employee engagement would be to provide tools that simplify complexity and help employees to understand and make positive decisions that are good for their short-term and long-term financial well-being. Okay, so that's all about health and well-being really with a very specific plea there to um, take away the stress of people not really being in control of their personal finances. Sean, pick another. Oh, okay. Um... I will pick um, Farron Johnson, the uh, uh, new MD at Engage for Success. Right, yeah, okay. So, yes, yeah, so Farron's been with us now for, uh, oh, about, uh, about six, five or six months, hasn't she, Sean? Um, and uh, has been in, in situ since the new arrangement with CIPD. Uh, so it was her first Engage for Success conference, um, and, uh, and thereafter uh, she took over the, uh, the, the role as managing director. So it would be interesting to hear what her take is. I know certainly she's, um, employee engagement is something that she's been passionate about in, in previous roles. So let, let's hear from her. My first thing would be to improve organisational integrity to allow employee and workforce voices to truly shine through. This needs leaders at all levels in organisations to tell their story of change in a language that people understand. We need to ensure that we have a measure of both people and cultural change in organisations from its current baseline to where it needs to be or aspires to be, otherwise how are we going to know whether things have improved or whether more focus, energy, attention, and leadership time needs to be dedicated to this. Interesting point there, um, and I know that's something that Farron is very keen on, that this idea, not of setting a blanket target for engagement or a blanket um, a level that we, or objective that we're looking to achieve, but that within each organisation or within teams, there is a sense that you are measuring something so that you know where you are and you know where you might get to, and then you'll be able to actually measure the difference between the two. Um, I think that's, um, you know, that's certainly something that she's very keen about, isn't it, Sean? Yes, definitely. From, um, you know, the conversations that I've had with her and one of his speaking about the subject, um, yeah, she seems very passionate about engagement in general, but I think she makes a good point about leadership at all levels, being able to kind of grasp what they're doing and know where they're going with it, really. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So we've um, we've still got a little handful to go, um, and time is ticking incredibly fast, as it always does. Um, so, so Kat, where where should we go next? Here from Neil Carberry. Now, I think Neil was with the CBI when um, he spoke at the conference, but he's now moved across to the REC, the Recruitment and Employment Confederation, where he's chief executive. Okay, rightio. one change to improve employee relations and employee engagement in the UK. Let's talk about information sharing. Sharing more of what we know and getting feedback from staff weekly, in clusters, through through the whole organisation. Because actually, the real gold dust in terms of improving performance will always come from the ground floor, not from the boardroom. That change, listening and talking to our staff more, will be transformational. last week's show actually where we were talking about how employee voice needs to move beyond simply asking and listening and feeding back kind of you know you said we did but into a a much more sort of continuous improvement type of culture where that employee voice is constantly being listened to and being um, able to articulate recommendations and, and process improvements and so on so certainly that seems to be where Neil is going with that um, any, anything to add, either of you? Um, for me, I would just say the emphasis being on sharing, sharing everything in the workplace, mm-hmm. really. We need to move towards a, an ethos and a, and a culture of sharing. Okay, absolutely. So we've got, before we get to Matthew Taylor, which we'll finish with, I think we've, we've still got to hear from Peter Cheese um, of the CIPD. So let, let's hear what he's got to say on the topic. The Engage for Success movement has done a fabulous job of distilling down many different ways of thinking about engagement into these four key enablers. So the strategic narrative, engaging managers, employee voice and integrity. In other words, are we living all the values that we put up on our walls? I think of all of them, engaging managers is probably the key. I mean, it's both the sense in which managers themselves feel engaged, of course, but also recognizing the managers through organizations are one of the most critical channels of communication and connection to everybody. If we have managers that are talking to and listening to their teams and their employees, then they in turn will be providing voice to those employees and they will in turn be reflecting, hopefully, a consistency of a strategic narrative. Uh, And of course, they will be living the values of the organization. So I think in many ways, as is true for organizations in general, that the, the glue of the organization is very much around the managers. So our ability to support them, train them, engage them, connect them, uh, therefore becomes the most essential thing that we can do in driving forward this incredibly important agenda of engagement and giving people the opportunity to be at their best at work. Thank you. Nice little reprise of the four enablers there from, uh, from Peter. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I I just thought that that was just a well-rounded synopsis of where we need to get to, and I should throw into the mix that actually the um, the seminar that I went to that just created my eureka moment was actually a talk given by Peter G. So he right. 
he sits behind the scenes in everything that we do now at Work in the Future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, Sean, have you got anything to add to that? No, I completely agree with what Kat has said, really. Um, and he has just basically summed up a lot of what we've talked about today, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. I think, I think you know, what he what comes across with those four enablers, particularly when, when he talks about them as he does there, is that they aren't standalone, siloed enablers, enablers one, two, three, and four. They all interlink, and an effective line manager, which obviously is a recurring theme with a number of the clips we've heard today, um, enables employee voice to be heard, and you know, an, effective, an effective line manager ensures there is integrity in the organization. You know, these things all, they all cross-fertilize, don't they? Mm. Mm, which, definitely. Uh, you know, which, is, which is why they're so key so let, let's finish because um, I want to get on to some other topics before we run out of time let's just finish now with Matthew Taylor then so Matthew Taylor um, who, who kind of kicked this all off as, as you were saying Kat um, Matthew Taylor for those who, who don't know from the RSA but very much um, uh, leading this, this debate in terms of the sort of the big picture because he is the author of the Government Commission's Future of Work uh, paper, um, and so has been responsible for laying out a lot of um, philosophies and approaches to the workplace of the future. So um, I think it's good to finish with him because it's very much painting that that bigger, broad brush um, view as to where we where we may go as a as a society, really, and as a community of um, of the workforces. So over to Matthew. So what's the one proposal I would make to boost employee engagement in the workplace? Well, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to argue for the proposal I put into my good work report that I I did for the government, and that is for a significant lowering in the threshold that is required for workers to be able to request uh, independent representation, information and consultation in the workplace. Uh, I think that kind of representation and rights to information and consultation is the bedrock for engagement. I think there's lots of other things you should do beyond that in terms of the very design of organizations, the recognition of the value of employee voice to all good organizations, their culture and their effectiveness. But I think at the base of it, you need rights and you need the right for people to feel there's someone they can go to who can speak on their behalf to management without fear of reprisals and that all of us at work have rights to know the basic stuff about what the organization uh, is doing and to have our voice heard. So employee engagement needs lots and lots of interventions, but let's create a bedrock of rights through lowering the threshold for people to have information and consultation at work. So there we are. That's that's all our clips for now. And it's all they're all very different, but they're all sort of leading in a particular direction, I think. So um cracking project you two well well done um i think sean there's there's a little bit more to come isn't there still um can you very briefly because we've, we've only got a couple of minutes left can you very briefly just summarize where where we may be going with this project from here on yeah sure so obviously we're really pleased with the videos and the ideas we've got so far but we want to grow this collection um, we've got some more keynotes because from the march conference to follow up with um, and we really want to get more opinions at our future conferences and um, hopefully our regional events as well. Just a quick plug for the Engage with Success Wales annual conference on 15th of November, if anyone wants to uh, sign up for that. Um, and I'll be hoping to capture um, some more videos from our guests because at that event as well. And 
if anyone out there wants to do their own uh, short video, then obviously we're really happy to receive those as well. Lovely, which they could share on Twitter, for example, couldn't they? Through um, at Engage for Success, so um, it'd be lovely to to get some of those and get the debate going. If people want to know about the Wales Conference, the details are all on the or will be on the website very soon, won't they, Sean? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So can I switch subject completely um, and give Kat the opportunity just to talk in the in the last minute or so that remains? Um, because I think you'll want to just take the opportunity to let people know about a thought and action group that's coming up. Kat, over to you. Yeah. So. Again, building on this, we have decided to kickstart um, a, a thought and action group um, around the future of employee engagement, purpose of which is to just drive community and conversation around what we can all do in the workplace to build engagement. When um, at the conference in March, one of the speakers was Sir Eric Peacock, and he was oh, yes. talking about his experience of of building engagement in his workplaces he uh -huh. said one thing he said steal with pride adapt with glee and implement with passion and what I took from that is that you know we don't need to keep reinventing the wheel um, we can we can borrow hints and tips from one another the thing for me is that we know that the future of work is going to be increasingly fluid and that change is quickly going to going to become the norm um, for me engagement will become the absolute critical bedfellow of change open conversation supportive communication to help people adapt both what they do and how they do it so we are moving rapidly into the age of engagement and the more people that want to come and join that conversation the better Okay, and how, uh, so I know at the moment you're going to be um, recruiting people to get involved in this group as volunteers and contributors. How do they, how do they take that forward if they're interested, Kat, or is it a matter of looking out for the, uh, on the keep, website? Keep, yeah, it's really, really new and fresh. So keep an eye on the website and the newsletter and we will be letting you know in due course, but hopefully we'll kickstart with a Slack channel or something similar and we'll just get going and try and build the momentum. See where we go from there. Okay. Well, ladies, I've got to thank you both very much for coming on the show today. We've run completely out of time. Um, but what I was going to ask you each to do was to tell us what one thing you would each change. We're not going to have time to do that. So what I'm going to ask you to do is when you share the link to the show on Twitter, um, you tell us, Sean, what your one thing would be that you would change to drive employee engagement. And Kat, you do the same. And let's start that conversation and then if our listeners can join in, ideally by uploading a few um, films of themselves telling us, that would be great as well. Um, so thank you very much for listening, everyone. Kat and Sean, thank you for joining us. And um, thank you and goodbye, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Engage Thanks for Success for Radio. Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.